we wanted to open up a series on thankfulness. I've never opened up a series before, so I'm kind of like having fun with this. But we, I feel like something I've been thinking about this week is how sometimes you know something so well that it doesn't actually mean anything to you, if that makes sense. Okay, so from when we're young, our parents tell us things like, be thankful, right? Have an attitude of gratitude. Or if you're in trouble, they're like, put a smile on your face, like change your face, right? Or we'll learn verses like John 3, 16, which is an awesome verse, we should know it. But I remember learning that from when I was really tiny, John 3, 16, or I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And those are really, really good verses to learn. I'm not saying don't learn the scriptures. But what I am saying is that those scriptures, it's good if you know them, but if they don't mean anything to you, it's kind of means nothing, right? If you can say, the devil can say the verses, the Bible teaches us that. He tempted Jesus with scripture, but it has to mean something to you. You have to believe it. You have to believe I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You have to believe John 3.16 if you want to go to heaven, right? And I don't, I'm, I'm opening up with that because I know you probably hear all the time, I know I should be thankful. And sometimes as leaders and pastors, we get this look from people when we're talking to them like, yeah, 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 give me some kind of new revelation, right? Like, if I'm t- you're telling me about, I'm, we're hearing about your problem, and then we get back, we'll, we'll tell you what the, what the Bible says about it, and then we get this answer like, well, can you give me a prophetic word instead, because I want that, or can you give me some awesome revelation of a scripture that I've never read, and I'm actually going to tell you today, like, well, the word says to be thankful in all things. It actually says rejoice in all things. And I don't want this thing of like, yeah, 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 Brittany, I get it, be grateful, Uh, I've heard this my whole life. Because attitude of gratitude can become something that we know that we don't actually believe. Because I think from what the word says, and I'm gonna show you, that thankfulness is the magic sauce, right? Like actually the Bible teaches us that if we're thankful, we can get through anything, anything. That's what the Bible teaches. So don't come after the messenger because that's what it tells me, right? And we have this, you know, yesterday I was out and about a good bit. And I don't know if you're one of those people, but sometimes when I'm in line at the grocery store, if it's a long line, I'm just listening to other people's conversations. (laughs) And I'm thinking about what they're saying. And I happened to get around someone in line who was talking about how in Revelation, which is just interesting that, anyways, that I heard this yesterday, but... He was talking about in Revelation how it talks about cowards being just right before the sexually immoral. So he's like, God, you know, he, he sees those two things as, as the same. So I just know I need to get more brave and I need to stop being a coward and speak the gospel. And maybe that's why he was talking at the grocery store because I don't want to go to hell. And I thought to myself, I'm so glad God is not withholding sin against me because what James says, if I know the good that I ought to do and I don't do it, it's sin. And I know that I know that I know that I should be thankful in all things because that's what the word of God says. So that means when I'm not doing it, if I'm, you know, if he's withholding sin against me every time I'm not grateful that I'm running late, which sounds weird because that's my fault. But the Bible says God can work all things for my good, right? So when I'm not grateful that 
my circumstances are going awry or if I'm not grateful that this crazy thing has happened to me or even or even things that are just plain horrible. I know some of you are probably in the room like, there is no way I can be thankful for my situation. I hear you. There's, I'm not telling you to be grateful for the situation we're going to talk about today, how to be grateful in spite of your situation, right? Because if we, are, if we believe the Bible, and I believe you do, or you probably wouldn't be here, or maybe you're going to hear that for the first time today, the Bible instructs us to have an attitude of gratitude in all things, regardless. It doesn't say, well, be grateful, and as long as you're doing good, be grateful. It doesn't say that. It says, regardless, trials, tribulations, be grateful. And so today you might walk away from here and you might say, I knew that, but I needed to hear it, right? Sometimes those are the things that we need. <laughs> we might not get up here every single week and have this huge prophetic revelation from scripture that you've never ever heard before and I we love those too right two weeks ago I preached on something the Lord had just given me but today I'm going to talk about foundational truth of being grateful we all need to be reminded I do if you can raise your hand and say that I am grateful in all circumstances all the time 24 <laughs> someone in the back is raising your hand um and that's awesome, I, I believe you, but I needed that reminder for me, right? I need that reminder because what's so scary sometimes is when we're bummed out Christians. Has anybody been around them? I've talked about this a lot, but I used to work with them. Not here, we're not here. <laughs> My previous job. And I thought, oh, y'all are so sad all the time. This is so hard to be around, and I think, who would want to be like that as the world? If the world's looking for something, the world already acts like that, okay? The world is bummed out, sad, depressed, anxious, tired, can't get it together constantly. But if we're called to be different from the world, thankfulness is the start of that. Thankfulness, we're going to see today, gives us joy, gives us peace. So we are called to be different than the world, and if they need to see that, it needs to start with us. And it was funny this morning, we have prayer time before we have our roundup. If you ever want to come and pray with us, we're here at 930, and we love having other people. It's for our volunteers, but we also have other prayer ministers, so come at 930. But they, two of our nurses brought up how the brain works when it, in relation to science and thankfulness, which is so funny because they had no idea that I had a whole section on this. So I'm going to spend a little bit more time on it than even I want. I had originally planned, but science actually is so funny. The government has spent a lot of money, I have found out from doing some research this week, on proving that thankfulness makes us more happy. And I'm like, did you have to actually spend this much money on that? I thought that was obvious. But they actually, I'm, I pulled a lot of this from a study they did at Berkeley with neuroscientists. And they would hook these like neurotransmitters up to the brain. And then they would have people they would study before they started their exercise. And then they would give them a thankfulness exercise. And then they would study their brains after. And I just love the fact that science, when, we, when scientists study how the body and the brain work, it confirms the Bible. Like how fun is that, right? That God is, and it has nothing to do with science. It's the way that God made us. 
He wired our brains. And when they did these studies, here's a few like things they found, which is the first thing is that it, when you, they started writing out thankfulness, things they were thankful for, or they had them write to people. Like if you were thankful for your mom, write a letter to your mom, things like that. <clears throat> that it released dopamine and serotonin in the brain, which is our happy hormones. So it actually begins to make us happier. It's not just, and the reason I'm saying all this, it's not just because I'm like, you should be thankful, it'll make you feel better. It's that your body and your mind actually responds to what you are doing that's wild right like you think i am going to be thankful regardless of how i'm feeling and then your brain starts to say oh yeah yes do that do that it's like when we work out and you feel better after you might have had to make yourself go on that run but then after you think oh i'm so glad i did that it's because your body is responding to what you are doing so it releases actually a hormone in our body that makes us happier. And their second point of this was that it improves our health. You sleep better, right? This is all good things. But I love their third point that they made in this study. They literally said, thankfulness unshackles us from toxic emotions. Like how funny is that? That these are completely probably unchurched, non-believers, scientists only want to talk about science. You know, some I've heard that like, scientists are some of the hardest people to prove the you know prove god to or because they overthink things they want to prove god everything but they're non-believers but this lines up with scripture so much thankfulness unshackles us from toxic emotions so that actually means they're studying the brain right sometimes when you hear people in church talk you're like yeah i get it i get it It'll make me feel better. I get it, but I want something else. No, they're saying like your brain starts to like rewire itself when you're grateful. When you start pouring out thankfulness on Jesus, on yourself, on your situation, your brain starts to rewire. And from what it says, it's rewiring, the study says, and they watched it start to untangle itself from the toxic negative emotions. Can you imagine every time we're caught up in our anxiety, every time we're caught up in our depression, every time we can't stop thinking about our situation is so bad, horrible, whatever, and all we do, we force ourselves to sit down and just write, that's all they did. They were just writing a list, making themselves write down things they were thankful for, and their brain started to dump out all the junk. Like this isn't just something that the word says to make us feel better. God wired our brains to to actually help us, right? So when we do things that the word instructs us to do, our bodies and our mind respond to that. And their fourth point behind that was that you can actually expect long-term effects from thankfulness. So they're saying if you're thankful one time, you can actually see the benefits of that in your body months and years from now. Your body holds on to thankfulness because it wants to be happy. God created our minds to want to be thankful. Like science says it to be true. That our body says, if you are grateful, if you are thankful, because the Bible begs us to be grateful and thankful, right? And then God created our bodies to be, if we are, then it'll start getting rid of everything else. Your brain starts to dump it out because it wants to hold on to the good things what is good, what is holy, what is lovely. Is that not what scripture says? 
Amen. That is so good. So, of course, we know what we want to know what science says. That's all good. But I want to, of course, point you to what the Word of God says. And it is going to confirm everything that this just said. So the first thing that gratitude, an attitude of gratitude does for us is it makes us joyful. You know, I hear people say all the time, I'm so sick and tired of being sick and tired. And they want me to tell them how to get out of their situation. I've had lots of people say this to me. And honestly, my response is like, well, what are you thankful for? And they're like, well, that's not what I said. I said I want it out of my situation. I want some things to change. And I'm like, well, I'm just asking you one thing you're thankful for, right? I've heard parents do this when they have multiple children, like little kids, and their kids are fighting. And they say, like, tell each other what you're thankful for. And they stand like this for like an hour in a standoff. But then it eventually works. And you're actually teaching your kids good things, how to be thankful. And so in Psalm 100, <clears throat> This is the psalm of thanksgiving. The Bible actually tells us about 157 times through the Bible does it mention the word thankful. That's a lot. That's nearly uh, half the year and days. You know, a lot of people bring up that it's, the Bible says do not fear 365 times, so that's one for each day. So we've got thankfulness about half of that. And then we should multiply it and just be thankful every day. But the Psalm 100 says, Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord has good. He has made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. This is the part I want to get to. Enter his thanks with give. I'm sorry, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go to his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, his unfailing love continues forever. His faithfulness continues through each generation. I wanna take one more second and read Psalm 100 in the message. And it says, on your feet now, applaud God. Bring a gift of laughter. Sing yourself into his presence. Know this, God is God and God, God. He made us. We didn't make him. We're his people, his well-tended sheep. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home, talking praise, thank him, worship him, for God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal always and forever. Thank you, Jesus, right? Thank you, Jesus, that we are his well-tended sheep. Thank you, Jesus, it says his unfailing love lasts forever. And I just feel like when I'm around, something that I want to come out of me, something we prayed, Will and I, when we were pregnant, is that our daughter would bring joy into every room she's in, and man, she does. <laughs> like, I know I'm partial because she's mine, but she's hilarious. Like. Some of you may not get to see it because she's kind of shy at first, but when she opens up, it's just like she brings joy into every room she's in. And I think I actually want to be like her. <laughs> I want to bring every joy into every room I'm in. And how do I get there? Are you like, well, I just force myself to be joyful. Well, actually, this says we need to enter into his gates, enter into joy with thanksgiving. 
I can't imagine that two things like joy and thanksgiving don't coexist. That would be like, if you're just so bummed out, and then you try to convince me that you're a thankful person, I'm probably not going to believe you, right? I've been around just the most bummed out people that, you know, like a country song, my car broke, my this did, da, 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 da. everything's going wrong, right? And I'm not saying it's not. You might actually have everything going wrong in your life. But I say this probably every time I preach, but we are called and meant to magnify the Lord and not our problems. When we magnify our problems, problems get bigger. And they may not actually get bigger, but they get bigger in our mind, which is the issue, right? And our, when we magnify the Lord, the Lord gets bigger in our mind. And if I get to pick, I want him to be bigger in my mind. I don't want to think about my problems all the time. I don't. I'm not saying to become someone that's just like totally, if, it does, if I don't think about it, it doesn't exist. That's not reality. I understand that. You don't have to push your problems into a corner. But what I am saying is that we can become people who push our problems back onto the Lord and say, okay, that's back on you. Now I'm going to live my life. Because the Bible says, cast your burdens on the Lord. And he carries our burdens. I don't want to carry my burdens. Yuck. He's the one that's going to fix them. And when it says cast, it literally means like, pick it up, throw it, cast it back on him. Wake up in the morning and say to him like, okay, I woke up feeling some kind of way about my problem this morning, but I'm going to cast it back on you. You fix it. And I'm going to get to thanking you. If you're like, well, I don't have anything to be thankful for. Man, if you're a believer, you have a lot to be thankful for. Because if, I nev if nothing ever goes right in my life again, if everything's wrong, period, end of story, always wrong, God died and sent his son to die, and that's enough for me. Because Jesus bore our sin, our sickness, and our disease on the cross. And if we only focused on that, man, what kind of people group would we be? The world would be begging to be like us. If we would cast our problems, if we're not people walking around worried about our issues all the time, and we're just happy, thankful, go lucky people. And I know you think like that's not possible. It definitely is. Because if the word gives it to us, if the word gives us a formula, then it's possible. Because the Bible doesn't lie. And people think sometimes that it is a total miracle to like live carefree and joyful. Well, sometimes I think, do you not look at the fact that God created the universe, sin entered the world, he sent his son to die, then he rose himself from the grave, walked out of it, spent some time back on earth, and then just like flew up into heaven. That sounds like a miracle to me. And if you're a believer, you believe that. And that feels like a bigger miracle than just, you know, you forcing yourself to be grateful. Like, that isn't actually a miracle. You have to think about, like, I can actually believe that Jesus died, but I can't believe that I have enough self-control to be thankful and grateful and change my own attitude. Because when you start to become more thankful, I love what this says. <clears throat> Enter with the password, thank you. That's it. Enter into his courts with thanksgiving. 
That's actually what Andrew Walmack, I know we bring him up a lot, but he's just got great points. And I learn a lot from him. But he says, like, it's okay to tell the Lord your problems, right? That's what he's for. But enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Come into, come into your prayer time, like, thank you, Lord. Thank you that I have a house to live in. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you have a solution to my problem. By the way, here's my problem. Okay, now thank you again, right? Make it into like this thankfulness sandwich. Because if you sit around, like I said, the Bible talks about meditating so much. We're supposed to meditate on the word day and night. And that sounds crazy. But if you're not meditating on this scripture, you might memorize it, but you're not meditating on it. Memorizing is good, and that is why we teach our kids to memorize. I am not saying don't teach your kids scripture, but I'm saying memorize it and then teach them what it's about. Meditate on it. Have your set, and if you're like, well, I don't have kids, I'm talking about yourself. Have yourself memorize the scripture, but it be a part of you. I have scriptures that are a part of me, right? No one can convince me out of it. No one can convince me out of the fact that 1 Peter 2.24 says, by his stripes I am healed. No one can convince me out of the fact that it says, I am blessed according to his riches. No one can convince me out of the fact that I did memorize this one, but it's a part of me that I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me. And thankfulness should be so a part of us, no one can convince you out of it. No one can sit down with you and say, sounds like you got a lot going on. You should not, you don't have anything to be grateful for. And you're like, actually, let me list to you all the things. Like, how awesome would that be if that was our response to people? Because what's in your heart is what comes out of you. And that's my next point is that gratitude gives us peace. An attitude of gratitude brings you into a place of peace. If you are in a place that you feel anxious, worried, that you're waking up with that lump in your, in your chest, you know what I'm talking about? Some of you in the room probably know what I'm talking about. Everything feels like, can't really breathe right now because I can't get past this feeling of anxiety. Science tells us, look it up, don't trust me, that when you start to become grateful, regardless of your circumstance, regardless of why you're feeling anxious, your brain will begin to rewire because of your gratefulness. And that's because God made our brains, he made our body, he caused it to be that way. So Philippians 4, 6 says, <clears throat> don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And here's my favorite part. Keep putting into practice all that you have learned and received from me. Everything you have heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. I'm going to spend a few minutes breaking this down because like I said earlier, 
when you come to me and you're asking me, how do I get out of this place? And you might want a big revelation. This says, okay, well, don't worry about anything. First of all, are you worrying? You know, another thing Andrew Walmack says is, I don't need to ask you what's in your garden, right? I, I, I have a small garden that I'm not really proud of, but I'm going to get better at it one day. I need to meet with some of the people in the church who are really good gardeners. But for some reason, my garden kind of exploded with Tabasco peppers. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't even know I planted Tabasco peppers. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. There are literally a thousand. They're still growing every day. I, I don't know what I'm doing with them. So if you know what to do with them, come tell me. There's so many. But if you go to my garden, you wouldn't have to think, what did she grow? Because there's a thousand Tabasco peppers. I put a Tabasco at some point, apparently, I, I don't know what I thought it was. Maybe I thought it was bell peppers, honestly, because I actually do eat those. But I put a seed of Tabasco pepper in the ground, and now there's a thousand of them, right? If you come to me anxious and worried, I don't have to ask you what you've been putting in the ground. Because I can tell you in my own life, I know the difference from when I've been thinking and fixing my thoughts on what is true. What's true? The word of God is true. Your situation is very likely not true. If you're think if it's not actually happening to you right now, but all of a sudden you've worried three months into the future, that's not true. You've allowed your brain to worry, which is what we just got done talking about and redirect. You have to fix your thoughts, redirect that worry onto what is true. And then it says on what is right, on what is pure, on what is lovely, admirable. Think about those things. And I know, like I said, it's like, yeah, 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 I get it. But tell me something different. I don't want to do that. If you want to change your heart, if you don't want to live in anxiousness, worry, anxiety, this is what scripture says. Think on these things. It's incredibly difficult. I'm not saying it's an easy thing to do. But thankfulness is a muscle, just like everything else we talk about. I have the same amount of muscles in my body that anyone else, any bodybuilder in the world does. But I have not worked out those muscles, right? I say this all the time, but BJ runs a 5K every single day. I cannot do that, but I could if I wanted to. I just don't run, don't want to. In fact, if you see me running, somebody's chasing me. I mean, if I, if I wanted to do that, I could. And you're like, well, you're the leaders of the church. Of course you act like that. Like God gave you a special sense of no, he didn't. He didn't give me a special anything. I got the exact same thing, the exact same measure of faith, the exact same joy, the exact same thankfulness, the exact same peace that you have. Some of us work it out more, and you could too. And when you work it out, it becomes your second nature. That's what I said earlier. Science says you can expect long-term goal, um, not goals, long-term solution, long-term effects in your brain from being thankful once. Can you imagine if we become people who are thankful all the time? That we would start to be years and years and years from now that people would look to the church and think, I want to be like that. 
those are people, why are you so at peace? Right? Like people talk about how the world's going. Yes, trust me, I understand there's a lot of things going on in the world. I'm not absent of that. I don't really watch the news, but I'm informed. That doesn't mean it's going to steal my peace. Right? What can I do about it? I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit what that is for me, but that's not going to steal my peace. The, the news is not going to steal my peace. The news is not going to steal my joy because the world needs us. The world needs us at peace. The world needs us at joy. That's what we're commanded to be. It doesn't matter if the world is on fire outside of us. It does matter. It's important. But that's why we need to stay seated in peace, in gratefulness, and an attitude of gratitude so that when the world's on fire, we can go put it out. Right? That's what we're called to do. It's not just for you. I saw this thing um, Lisa Bevere, I love her so much, posted yesterday, like, your marriage isn't just about you. Your marriage is about your legacy, right? What, what, what I choose to do with my heart, my peace isn't just for me. My peace is for my um, household. My peace is for this church, you know? And I'm going to tell you guys, you guys have pastors, BJ and Lisa, who live this out. I hear them say all the time, I, I'm going to be honest, they are way better than me. Sometimes situations come up and I am like, how are you responding like that? And BJ literally will say, I had a church to run, right? i got to be the leader. And we have seen this in the world that sometimes when leadership starts acting out, the church starts to follow. But when we've got good leaders here, good ones, <laughs> and they lead because they're like, I am going to force myself to be grateful. I'm going to force myself to be led by the Holy Spirit, what he wants, because I had a church to run. It's not just about us, right? If you're like, I want a better answer. I want something different. Give me a more prophetic answer. I'm like, well, just start with thankful and then come back to me. If you're like, I have, I have been thankful all I can be and you're still problem, then we'll talk. Start with thankfulness. Philippians 4.12 says, <clears throat> I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret to living in every situation, whether it is a full stomach or empty with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So we love this verse, and I've talked about it now several times. I can do anything through Christ who gives me strength. But why? He's like, because I've learned how to live in thankfulness, whether I have much or little, whether I have everything in the world or nothing at all. Because we are all going to go through seasons of both of those things, where we have everything in the world and everything's going right for us, or there's times that it's like, where are you? Because absolutely nothing has went right. And Paul's like, I can do anything who Christ who strengthens me because I have taught myself, my mind, my body to respond to the fact that I can live on anything and I'm still grateful. That verse has context to it, right? Like I love, sometimes, you know, we, one verse I've thought about a lot lately is the one that says the word does not return void in your life. And people use that a lot with their kids and with things, but we have to put the word in our hearts for that to work, right? The word doesn't return void in my life. I can't just throw the Bible at someone and say, that's not going to return void to you. It's actually like what that means is that when the word of God is seated in your heart and it's a part of you, it's not going to return void. 
And that's the same with this. You can do anything, but you have to, the context of that is that you have to learn with how to live with everything or nothing at all. That's hard. It's so hard to be grateful when there's plenty and when there's little. But the Bible instructs us that we can do anything when you learn to live like that, when you learn to be grateful. And that is what leads us into an attitude of gratitude, into a lifestyle of thankfulness. BJ said, my main point I want to make in this series is thankfulness is not just like someone gives you a gift and you say thank you. (laughs) I mean, that is good. We should definitely do that. But it's like an actual lifestyle of thankfulness. Actually something that pours out of us on a day-to-day basis and people know us as people who have a good attitude <laughs> because you're grateful. Because if, you're, if, it, if it's not changing your attitude, something is wrong. <laughs> it will change your attitude so quick. And my last point I wanted to make today was that gratitude will see you through trials and give you purpose. Man, you're like, Gratitude can do all that for me? Yes, I'm going to show you it can in the Word. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Always be joyful. That's one verse, those three words. So we should start there. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. This is the part that people don't like. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that's said and hold on to what is good. Okay, this is telling me that I can stop the move of the Holy Spirit in my own life. And how is that? Because I'm ungrateful. Ungratefulness can keep you in a season way longer than you want to be there because you can't see God moving because you just wanna focus on what's going wrong. I'm not saying I haven't done it, I have done it a lot. But when you change your attitude, you can start to see like, oh, wait a minute, Lord, I'd actually see you in everything. You got me here. This is all the things that you've done for me and I couldn't even see it because I was just so mad all the time. I was so anxious, I couldn't see past it. It's so hard to just put ourselves in this position of it really is that simple. It does not have to be some crazy answer. This actually says, always be joyful. That's an instruction. That is an actual instruction from the Lord, right? Always be joyful. You're like, that is not me. I have not been joyful in a real long time. Okay, well, how do we change that? It says, never stop praying. Well, people see that as (laughs) you need to wake up in the morning and find things to pray about 24-7. That's not what that means, okay? Prayer is your communion with the Lord. I say this all the time, but I cannot quantify how much I talk to Will in a day, right? That's my husband. We talk all day. We're just talking. I don't know how three, four hours. I don't know. Ten, maybe. That's what never stop praying means. That's what pray without ceasing means. It means that something's coming up in your heart and you just ask the Lord what to do. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. He's our helper. He's our advocate. He has the answer to everything. Could you imagine if we trained our minds that like a hundred times a day when something comes up and we don't know what to do next, so we just ask the Holy Spirit, what should I do right now? And then he'd give you an answer. Oh man, 
we would be awesome. We're already awesome, but we would be extra awesome, right? Constantly praying. That's what that means. And it's so hard to not be joyful and not be happy when you're spending your whole day with the Holy Spirit, right? Think about your best person that you love being with. That might be your kid. That might be your spouse. That might be your best friend or your mom or your hus- husband or wife. When you're spending a full day doing something fun together, it's the best day ever. You're just like, we had the best day. We just went on vacation. We spent this awesome time together. That's what it's like when you are never stop praying, when you never stop spending time with the Lord, when all day you're just in communion with the Holy Spirit. That's what it's like. That's, that's what makes you joyful, is if you can put yourself in a mind space of being um, in communion with the Holy Spirit from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. Recently, <clears throat> we've been in our discipleship class, and so it's a lot of information if you have taken it or want to take it in the future, and I realized that Will and I watch, we don't watch a ton of TV, but we watch much less TV during discipleship class because we're watching these sermons. And I'm realizing I'm dreaming about discipleship class. <laughs> it's coming up in my dreams. And I thought, oh, that's so funny because Ava and Judah have stayed with us this weekend. And that's probably the most we've watched TV in six or eight weeks. And we're watching this ridiculous show that's called Farmer Wants a Wife. I don't know. So it's like this reality show. And the reason we're watching it is because one of them are in Gastonia. One of these farmers are in Gastonia trying to find a wife. And so now we're really invested. And anyways, we watched two hours of it last night and I dreamed about it. And I was like, oh no, this is how this works. It's because I've been thinking for two hours before bed about a farmer wanting a wife and it's so dumb. And now I had spent weeks not watching TV, dreaming about discipleship class and not being in here. I'm talking about I was having dreams that I was praying for people and they got healed. I'm talking about that I, Andrew Walmack says, who is, who we're listening to in discipleship class, he was like, I dreamed about raising people from the dead before I did. And he's raised like through the Holy Spirit, like 12 people from the dead, his son being one of them. And he, that's because he spent all of his time meditating on it, all of his time thinking about it. If you want this to work in your life, it's up to you. I know that might be a hard reality. I can't pray it into you. I mean, I can pray for you. (laughs) I can be in agreement with you. But I cannot force this inside of you. It has to be a decision you consciously make with the Holy Spirit to walk in never stop praying, to walk in thankfulness, to force yourself. Sometimes it really does feel like there needs to be a better answer than that. It's kind of like, I know for a fact that I would be healthier if I ate differently. Well, actually, three months ago, my doctor said, you should probably start eating healthier. And I was like, okay. And then I did, and guess what? My numbers on the, my numbers changed really quickly in my blood work. And it's not something I wanted to do. It wasn't fun. I, I like, love pastries. I cannot tell y'all how much I love pastries, okay? We went to the everyday market in Belmont like three times a week, and I was just loving the donuts, and I ate one every day. And I'm just saying, it's great. It's the same as like living in your gunk. Sometimes you get stuck there because it's easy and it's comfortable. And you're like, I actually don't want to spend the time and turn off the TV 
and meditate on the word. Sometimes I don't want to spend the time and throw out all the gunk in my heart and replace it with thankfulness. I just don't want to. It takes too much time. I want a quicker solution. Lisa says that some people want to put Jesus in the microwave and hit a minute and then bring him back out and want it to work, right? That's not how it works. This has taken years and years to get inside of people. And the Lord, Holy Spirit can speed that up. I'm not saying that. But I have recently, since I've learned these truths, sometimes I will meditate on one verse for like five or six months. Like, um, resist the devil and he will flee from you. I'm telling you, it was like six months. I think about it all the time. I was walking around going, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to <laughs> like, kind of like a crazy person. And I think that's why some people think people in leadership have something different than you do. It, it's honestly probably just because we've spent a little bit more time and it has nothing to do with us getting more than you. We're more prayed up than you are. I promise we're not. We just have spent more time maybe meditating on it. But this works the same for everyone. That would be so unfair if it didn't. God would not be, God is good and he is good regardless of how things work. But he's so good because he gave us the same thing in all of us. We all have the same powers and abilities to do the work that he has placed before us. In John 16, 33, it says, I have told you all of this so that you might have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have trials and sorrows. Okay, I'm going to stop there for one second. People love to take that verse and think that God's putting you through something. <laughs> I have heard it for years and years, people think that. Like, well, the Bible says, the Bible says I'm going to have trials and sorrows. It does not say, I sent them to you. In fact, the verse after that says, take heart, I've overcome the world. Jesus said that. He didn't say, I'm going to send you trials, I'm going to send you sorrows, and then you just got to be okay with it. He did not say that. He said we're going to have trials and sorrows because we live in a fallen world. It's so unfortunate, but it just is what it is. We're not exempt from it. Things ha can come our way, but we don't have to let them penetrate our hearts. Because if we ever, that's why he said, take heart. Take heart. Because he's given us all this instruction of how to deal with it. He's saying, you don't have to let this permanently affect you. You don't have to let it affect you at all. Your trials, your sorrows don't have to steal your peace, your hope, your joy, your thankfulness doesn't have to steal anything because I've overcome it. Isn't that good news? Like, I hope you're hearing me. Jesus said, I've overcome the world. And what he meant by that is anything you'll ever go through, I took it on the cross. Anything. That man lived and died and he was beaten and whipped for our, for our world, for our sorrows. He took it. We don't have to bear it. Can you imagine the change? that would be in our hearts if every single day something happened to us and we're like, my Jesus already took that. I don't have to carry it. He did already. He bore that for me. That makes me feel so good. <laughs> when I think about Jesus, it makes me feel so good. You know that old song like, when I think about Jesus? <laughs> That's what y'all should sing at the end. No, okay. 
It's, it just like, I know it sounds so simple. The gospel is truly meant to be simple. Yes, there are a lot of parts of it that we can't understand full, or maybe we can, and I know a lot of people do. I have not read Re- Revelation and thought, I know what this means. I really do not. But what I do know is that the gospel and what God and Jesus has laid out in the word for me is meant to be simple. It's meant to be like, oh, actually, if I stop looking for something crazy to fix my situation and I just start thanking God, is this telling me my situation can change? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and invite the band up. It's telling me not that if I'm thankful, if you're like, I really deserve a raise at work. My boss is so mean, though. They're horrible. I hate my boss, right? I'm not telling you to be grateful that your boss is mean and horrible. (laughs) I'm telling you to be grateful about anything else. Anything. Thank you, Jesus, you died for me. Thank you that I have a job to work out. Because when you start thanking God for literally anything else, that thankfulness is going to rise up inside of you. It's going to cause joy. It's going to cause peace. And then you're going to get to work. And your boss all of a sudden is going to be like, what's different with you? You're the hardest worker I have. You're so, like, you're changing the atmosphere of this office, and then they're going to give you a raise. It may not happen just like that. I don't know. I'm just telling you that if your situation is like, my kid has run away from home, I can't be grateful for that. I'm not saying be grateful for that. I'm saying to be thankful to the Lord, and your heart towards your kid will start to change. And then you'll probably see them start to come back home. Your interactions will start to change. Ungratefulness will keep you in a season way longer than you or God meant to have you there. The Lord did not send you your problem. He didn't. But he wants to get you out of it quickly. But you have to partner with him to get you out of it. You have to take away this veil of ungratefulness because the Holy Spirit's sitting there saying, hey, I have an answer. Can you hear me in there? You know? And you're like, no, because I'm too mad to listen. No, because I'm too bothered by the cares of the world. That's what the scripture tells us, that the enemy can take the word out of you by the cares of the world. That means you're caring too much about what's going on in the world or just anything money, cars, I don't know, the cares of the world. The enemy can steal that from you because of your own cares. Be encouraged today. The Lord wants to see you through things. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to be able to walk through your situation without ever having known what the devil was doing in your life. Can you imagine if we spent so much time focused on him? I don't even know what the devil's doing. I don't care. Who cares about him? I don't. That's why the Bible says, resist the devil. He will flee from you. I want to know what God's doing. And man, we can get there by an attitude of gratitude, by thankfulness. It really is that simple.